2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you have your Bible with you, Ephesians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. You're looking at a few passages this morning. As God laid this on my heart, I was fully prepared. Didn't know exactly how the service would go this morning, but I was fully prepared to have limited time. But I felt like God wanted me to take the time. At least for a little bit of focus, words from his from from him this morning. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Father, it's been so good to be in your presence, to actually feel your presence, to rejoice together, giving you praise, not of ourselves for any benefit of ourselves, but simply to give you praise. All of the blessings, all of the benefits, And Father, could we even say thank you for the storms, for the, in the times of suffering, you make yourself real to us. In the time of trouble, you are a high tower. In the time of battle, you are a shield. Thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings. Pray that you would give that anointing that is needed as we open up your word. The arm of flesh is weak. Our flesh is incapable, but through your divine anointing this morning, your voice can be heard. And I pray that to be the case for your glory and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know how many different translations are in the congregation this morning, which translation you opened up, either in paper form or on your laptop or your iPad or device of some kind this morning. But I'm not really concerned about what translation you have. I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified as well as the King James. And if I differ from what you're reading, just follow along though. Sometimes we get so accustomed to the words of our select translation that we just pass over some things. And so I'm going to Shuffle it a little bit this morning in some, some places here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3, reading out of the Amplified, For though we walk or though we live in the flesh, that means we are breathing uh, humanity. We, we have lungs and we have blood. We have a heart that's pumping. Maybe your stomach is beginning to tell you that it's about lunchtime. That's all part of our living the life. That's what he's talking about here, living in the flesh, walking in the flesh. We are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. I don't know what comes to mind in your thinking this morning as we look at, the, at what human weapons would consist of. If you're thinking about national warfare, you're thinking about some high-powered stuff and some big technology and 
things that are able to, uh, to just track right into a, a very small target and destroy. Big explosions. You're talking about something uh, other than that, and, and you, you might even get into some guerrilla warfare and what all goes on there of some kind of a, a secret ambush and, and something to do with a, a surprise uh, attack. You might, you might have all kinds of ideas about what physical or human warfare is all about, but the Scripture here is telling us that the spiritual battles that we face are not on the same level as the physical, the fleshly, the national warfare, or the international warfare. If you have a problem in a personal relationship, there are certain things that, humanly speaking, we go about and, and ways that we go about to, to deal with those problems in relationships and might even have it in our mind that there's a battle that's going on there as well. Paul's telling the church at Corinth that even though we are walking or living in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical. They are not weapons of the flesh, and they are not weapons of blood. There's the next word in the Amplified that pivots the entire focus. It's a three-letter word that transitions from the fleshly warfare to the spiritual warfare, and it's that word, but... But they are mighty. The spiritual warfare, the weapons of our spiritual warfare are mighty before God for the overflow and the destruction of strongholds. You may not be aware this morning. Maybe you're too young to be aware. Maybe you're too naive to be aware. Maybe you're not uh, out in the world enough to be aware. But we are surrounded by satanic strongholds on every side. There is a battle raging on every side. I think it's important for us to realize that even in when we are brought face to face with a spiritual warfare, that we are not to use physical weaponry, but there is something spiritual that we are to use because the spiritual weapons that God provides is able to break down every stronghold. Now, if you're stuck in something this morning, if you're bound by something, this, if, if there's a problem so big for you this morning that you can't comprehend that, understand that it's beyond ourselves. It's more than what we're capable of. It's more than what we're able to grab a hold of with our hands, but it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual weapon, and the spiritual Battle is God's, and he's provided the grace, the power, everything that is needed to break down every stronghold. I'll probably say this again tonight, but I'm going to go ahead and say it this morning, so if you're back again tonight, just sometimes repetition is good. If your experience 
doesn't line up or measure up to what the Word of God seems to say, don't discredit the Word of God and say that it's wrong. Don't try to change the Word of God to fit your experience. But know that the power of the warfare, the power of the weapons that we use in spiritual warfare is able to break every stronghold. That's the word of God. Overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12, reading from the King James, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Some powerful words there for us to understand. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Don't ever think that somebody is the one that we're fighting. It's not a somebody, but it's a something. It's the enemy of our soul. It's the enemy of God that is out there to defeat, to defeat and destroy. And he will work everything and anything he can to work into a person's life to bring about a destruction within them. What does the scripture say about what the, the design of Satan is to kill and destroy? Steal, kill, and destroy. That is what he focuses on in every area and in every time and in every place. His desire is to steal, kill kill and destroy and whenever somebody is brought into that fray and and we think that they are the ones that are bringing the battle to us it's not the person we're not to fight the person but we are fighting a spiritual conflict Paul told the Corinthian church again in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, he said, lest Satan should get an advantage of you, verse number 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, let's be aware of his devices. You say, well, what are his devices? I already said his, his means or his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy, and he will use any device that he can. He will use people. He will use circumstances. He will use divisions. He will use underminings. Are you hearing me this morning? Let me even add to that that sometimes he will use good people to hurt good people. You say, well, that can't be possible. Yes, it is possible because we're human. Sometimes sometimes we just don't understand what is taking place in our actions or in our words. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6. I've already read one verse from there. I'm going to go back to it again. Verse number 12 is where we were. I want to jump back up to verse number 10, and I will try to hurry. I promise you I'll try to hurry. Reading this time, though, from the Amplified. Verse number 10, he said, in conclusion. Say, everybody said amen. <laughs> in conclusion. He said, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered Hear this, hear this. Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. 
Be empowered through your union with him. Remember what Jesus had to say about the union that we have with him. He talked about the vine and the branch, and and the branch cannot produce of itself. The only way that that branch can produce is if it's attached to the vine. I believe that's what he's talking about here. It's our union with Him that provides the power to draw strength in the midst of whatever is placed before Him or before us. He goes on to say there, draw your strength from Him, that strength which is what? Boundless and mighty and provisional, meaning that it comes to us in its abundance if we but receive it. Verse number 11, put on the whole armor of God. I don't believe for a moment that this verse is placed here out of sorts. Because in the midst of the battle, he's talking here in verse number 10 about the struggle that may be there. and We have to be strong in him, empowered by him, and through him. But then he tells us that there are some things that we can do that he provides for us in order to stand in the midst of that battle. And so he tells us that. He said, put on the whole armor of God. What is that armor? Well, it's, a, it's an armor that is provided a, of a heavily armed soldier that God provides. That God provides. What do we have? A couple, at least a couple of guys here this morning that have uh, served some time with the U.S. military. They didn't have to provide all of their machinery, all of their weaponry, and and whatever else that they used in, in those conflicts that they were called upon to act in, but they were provided. When God calls us to his warfare, he provides even better than what the U.S. government did. Why does God provide this armor? He tells us there in the, in the next part of that verse that you may be able to successfully stand up against the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Now let me add a three-letter word into that phrasing there. that It's implied, but for the benefit of our mind, let me add it. Do you have any idea what word I'm going to add? A three-letter word? Let me add it to you, or give it to you, that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies. Not just one hard one over here and kind of hide over here, but all of the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Did you hear me say just a little bit ago that if your experience doesn't measure up to what the Word of God seems to say, don't think and discredit the Word of God. The scripture tells us that he provides all that we need in overcoming the deceits of the enemy. For we wrestle not with 
or for we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the ruler world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly or the supernatural sphere. Put on, therefore, God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day, the day of danger, and having done all. Because the crisis demands us doing all. We can't just pick and choose to stand firmly in your place. Now, I'd love to be able to take a whole lot of time here and go down through here, maybe even make it a series for every single thing that is to put on, but I'm not going to do that this morning. Stand, therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins, and having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God. Now, he's given us two things there, hasn't he? He's told us about uh, something to gird ourselves with around our loins and the breastplate. So, So what is he talking about? Real quickly, what's he talking about? We are to gird our, our loins about with what? With truth. That's the Word of God. Truth. It's truth. How are you going to gird yourselves with truth unless we learn what it is? But the Old Testament psalmist said that I will hide God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. That, that God's word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. How can it possibly be that if I don't receive that? The breastplate. What about the breastplate? It's a breastplate of integrity. The world needs people of integrity. The world needs people of moral rectitude. There is a right standing with God. And when we have a right standing with God, we can claim the breastplate of righteousness. We can put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, if you're dabbling with sin and if you're playing around with transgressions and you're dealing with something that you know that you shouldn't be dealing with, you have a hard time putting the breastplate of righteousness on. Having your feet shod in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness, the readiness produced by what? The good news or the gospel of peace. Taking the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, The Amplified said the sword that the Spirit wields, which is the Word of God. He is wielding it. He is holding it. He is using the Spirit, the the Word of God. The Spirit gives us that Word. The helmet of salvation. Oh, they're they're two tremendous items of the the, uh, armor. It's important we have that. Pray at all times, in verse number 18, on every occasion and every season in the Spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty to that end. Keep alert and watch with purpose, strong purpose and perseverance interceding on behalf of all the saints, all of God's consecrated people. Well, I'm not a saint. Well, if you're not a saint, then you must be a sinner because there's only two classifications that Scripture give us. Well, if my experience doesn't measure up to the Word of God, then no, no, no. The Word of God is truth. And if you are not a saint, 
interceding in behalf of all of the saints, God's consecrated people. You can be a saint. Praise God. Now, if you're following along, you're maybe, you may be chomping at the bit a little bit because I missed something, didn't I? Did I miss one? Sure I did. I missed one on purpose, hoping to catch your attention, but not sure that I caught everybody's attention. You see, every one of them are vital. Every one of them is important. We must have the armor of God. But in, in, in looking at this, verse number 16, what is it that he's talking about in verse number 16? Uh, the words from the King James translation just simply say what? The shield of faith, right? Is that, is that what's there? You have it? The shield of faith. What is the shield of faith? The Amplified gives us a little bit more clear understanding of what the shield of faith is, and that's why I wanted to end with it this morning. Lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith, upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. Someone may say, preacher, are you suggesting that this is the most important one? Well, it's hard to say which one is the most important one, but this is definitely a foundational one. Because if we do not have the shield of saving faith, then it's hard for us to grasp these other ones. So as I conclude this morning, the writer here said in conclusion, in verse number 10, now I get to that point in conclusion. We are fighting a spiritual battle. There is a warfare that is around us. God has given what is needed to win that battle on the big front as well as the individual front. But on the individual front, you and I have to put on the whole armor of God. And it certainly begins with the shield, the covering of saving faith. What is saving faith? It's the faith that you are putting in the sacrifice of Calvary, the sacrificial Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came to save His people, to lift His people, to cover His people's sin with His blood and blot them out and write their name in the Lamb's book of life. In the nutshell, are you saved this morning? It doesn't take away all of the troubles in the world, but it certainly gives us a strength on the inside to stand even in the midst of those adversities. I invite you to stand with me this morning. Have you come to church this morning sin sick? Ready to turn it over to the Lord? You can. You can. You can begin the armor of God by saving faith, the shield of saving faith. There's a place to pray right here at the front. We'd be happy to gather around you to pray. God has the victory for you. For you. 
Preacher, are you looking at me? No, I'm not, but God is. And God knows, and you know. Are you saved? Thank you all for your attendance and attention this morning. Thank God for his presence this morning. Thank God for his word. Pray that God will be with you as we go our separate ways today. Amen. Let's go rejoicing in him. Gerald, would you dismiss us in prayer?